text for the sermon this morning comes from the epistle to the Philippians, chapter 4. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 20. We'll be spending most of our time in verses 4 through 9, but uh, there's some helpful clarifications that Paul gives later on in the chapter. So let's turn our minds and our hearts now to God's holy inspired word as we find it in Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you have shared in my distress. Now you Philippians... Know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now to God, now to our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. We all know the feeling of being anxious. There is the hurricane of butterflies swirling through your stomach right before an important exam. There's a pounding of your heart before having to ask an important and sensitive question or appearing before a manager for an interview. Then there are the sweaty palms that come with the start of, of new classes or a new job. Maybe you have sleepless nights tossing and turning all night because you don't know what the future holds. You're, you're anxious about something you're going through and, and you don't know how you're going to get through it. 
Maybe you've gone through some traumatic experience in the past. You see something that reminds you of that experience and, and you're right there again, full of anxiety and fear. Anxiety expresses itself in many ways. It can be as small as a racing heartbeat before asking something important, do something as serious as a full-on panic attack. It can lead to something as relatively minor as, as sweaty palms, something as serious as ulcers. But no matter how anxiety expresses itself, no matter the circumstances of your anxiety, God's infallible word promises really true relief and freedom from anxiety. This relief isn't the recipe to some secret concoction of essential oils or pharmaceutical drugs. Nor is this relief just accepting the fact that you struggle with anxiety and people just have to deal with that. People have to just deal with, with your anxious struggles. The relief that God's word presents is much more effective than any drug you can take. The relief the Bible offers is not just one that deals with the symptoms of anxiety, but is one that cuts right to the center of the anxious hearts. The cure the Bible offers for anxiety is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. The peace of God is a peace that, that proceeds directly from God Himself. It is a peace that comes from the Prince of Peace. It is a comfort that comes from the Comforter of Israel. This peace is promised to all those who lay hold of Christ as He has offered in the Gospel. This is a glorious peace that only believers know, for it was purchased by the blood of Christ. Christ says in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You may be struggling with anxiety this morning. You may have worry about the past. You may be anxious about the future. But God's word comes to you this morning from Philippians 4 and calls you to throw off that burden of anxiety. And know the peace of God which comes from Jesus Christ. Do you long to be no longer anxious? To not be afraid? Do you long for the peace of God? Then consider with me, fellow believers, three ways they can throw off the burden of anxiety and know the peace of God. The first way that you can know the peace of God is by heeding this command in Philippians 4 to rejoice. Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, 
rejoice. Now, we have noted this point several times as we've worked through Philippians. It is, it is the epistle of joy. Paul calls the Philippians to again and again rejoice, to joy in the Lord their Savior. This is not optional. This is a, a command, and it is a command that must be obeyed. Paul says, rejoice. Again, I will say, rejoice. Yet when we are anxious, this can seem like an impossible thing to do. There are many times in this life where it can seem impossible to rejoice, where try as we might, we can have no joy. We have no joy. It appears we are surrounded by an ever-darkening cloud of fear and despair. Our circumstances seem hopeless. We are stuck in this inescapable pit of anxiety. Paul is not calling us simply to the emotion of happiness. Paul is not just telling us to, to put a smile on our face and act like nothing is wrong. He's not just saying to grin and and go through the troubles of life with, with a smile on your face. Instead, he calls us to rejoice in something. We are to rejoice in the Lord. This is distinct from that outward emotion of happiness. It's important to make that distinction between, between joy and happiness. Happiness is, is an outward emotion. It expresses itself in, in laughter or a smile on your face. Joy is something that is expressed in our innermost being. Joy is an, comes from an inner peace that God has given us. And it is joy, it is true joy that kills anxiety. Paul had many reasons to be anxious. We've, we've noted these reasons before. He was in Rome as a prisoner of the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire, Emperor at this time was Nero, a man who would blame the burning of Rome upon the Christians and start a violent campaign of persecution against the followers of Christ. Nero, Nero was no friend to Christ. Paul also had to contend with growing numbers of people who hated him, who wished he was dead. And many of these people were his own countrymen. They were the Jews. Paul, humanly speaking, had thousands of reasons to be crippled by anxiety and fear. And yet he wasn't. Paul wasn't Anxious because he rejoiced in the Lord. He knew this true joy. He wasn't just happy, but he had inner joy. And in his rejoicing, he knew the peace of God. But what does it mean to rejoice in the Lord? To rejoice in the Lord at its simplest means finding an inner joy and who God is, and what He has done for you. One of the things that brought Paul great joy was the knowledge of his union with Christ. 
Paul knew that no matter what circumstance he faced, no matter what he was going to go through in this life, he had salvation. He was secure in the Lord. This is a great joy to have in the grand scheme of things. But I think we can often make the mistake of thinking, yes, I know I have salvation. I know that I am secure in Christ. But that doesn't seem to deal with the nitty-gritty aspects of this life. It doesn't deal with the fact that that money is super tight right now. It doesn't deal with the fact that my job might not be secure. How does the knowledge of my salvation help me when I am anxious? Well, let me th- propose three ways that your union with Christ can be a comfort to you when you are anxious. First, nothing can separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. When you are anxious, you can all feel like there is no hope. You can feel like you are all alone in this world. Feel like nobody understands your circumstances. It can feel like God Himself has abandoned you. Yet nothing Absolutely nothing can separate you from the love of God. This means that you can even walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the deepest and the darkest circumstances of this life, and God will be there beside you. You do not have to fear the evils of this world because the Lord is your shepherd. You will never be alone if you know the Lord as your Savior. Second, if God was not willing to spare His own Son in saving you, do you think He will withhold His goodness from you in other circumstances? If the Father was was willing to sacrifice His own precious Son to save you, is it not then a small thing for Him to provide and care for you in your day-to-day anxieties, your day-to-day worries. He will care for you. He may not give you everything you want or everything you think you need, but like a father, He will lovingly care for you. And third, Your union with Christ is a comfort because you understand the meaning of life in in ways that no unbeliever can possibly hope to understand. You have the big questions to this life figured out, and that is an incredible comfort. I like to remind young people about this especially. Many of of their peers in college and high school do not know what the meaning of life is. But you do. You know that your purpose here is is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. You know what the end of all things is. Many people do not know what happens after death. But you do. You know that if you are in Christ, you'll spend 
eternity before the face of God, praising Him in everlasting perfection. Your union with Christ provides unspeakable comfort that is far from the trivial comforts that the world dishes out. We must also notice from Philippians 4 that, that Paul does not just rejoice in the great and profound truths of salvation. Paul also rejoiced in the small blessings he received by the hand of the Lord. Paul says in Philippians 4 verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Paul found opportunity to joy in the Lord for the ways that the church provided for his daily needs. Paul rejoiced here and he had something as small as a meal, something as small as, as some articles of clothing. He rejoiced in the Lord for these good things because he knew that it was God who was providing for him. When you are anxious, do you find yourself rejoicing in the small things of this life? This is one of the great lessons I think that is brought out from the book of Ecclesiastes. We live in a world that is full of vanity. The endless cycles of this life can be, be immensely depressing once you think about it. It can encourage anxious thoughts. We work hard all day to, to pay for our rent, to pay for our food to survive. But as soon as our bank account is full, something, something will happen and our car will break down and all of a sudden we have no money again. And we, we'll just, we just continue in these constant cycles. Work hard all the days of our life on, on a specific project. But we don't know when we're going to die. We don't know if the people after us will take as much interest in that project as we do. That's, that can cause worry and fear about the future. But our lovingly, loving, gracious, heavenly Father has given us small reliefs from the vanities, from the anxieties of this life. These small blessings are food and drink, our spouse, our children, our grandchildren. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 9, verses 7 through 9, Go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart. For God has already accepted your works. Let your garments always be white, and let your head lack no oil. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life which she has given you under the sun, all your days of vanity, for that is your portion in life and in the labor which you perform under the sun. These good gifts that God has given us are relief from the vanity of life. They are refreshing. And they should stir in our hearts 
joy. Joy to the Lord. So if you are anxious, heed this command to rejoice in the Lord for the rich and varied blessings He bestows upon you. Write down the reasons you have to be thankful. Write down how much God has has richly blessed you. And in so doing, know the peace of God which He graciously gives you. We must also ask for the peace of God by praying. We must ask for the peace of God by praying. Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your minds and your hearts through Christ Jesus. Paul commands, Paul just commanded you to, to rejoice always, and now he commands you not to be anxious about anything. Nothing at all. If you are in the least bit tempted to be anxious, the solution to that is to take those anxieties to the Lord in prayer. You might argue that that doesn't seem to be effective. Praying to God when I'm anxious, will prayer really help when I'm crippled with fear? A person who is prayerful will not long be anxious. Prayer is part of the blessed cure to an anxious heart. This is one of the reasons I'm convinced that we find the Lord's Prayer right before Christ's discussion of worry and anxiety in the Sermon on the Mount. Christ teaches His people to pray. And then He says, not be anxious about anything. Know that your loving Heavenly Father, He provides for for the birds of the air and for the grass of the fields. Pray to Him in your anxieties. A heart that knows and believes that our Father is in Heaven. A heart that knows and believes that God will provide and satisfy all our need. As a heart cannot be anxious for long. And one of the great helps here is is praying with thanksgiving. Notice that Paul does not just say pray to God. He doesn't just say bring your petitions, your wants, your needs to God. Pile them on Him. Rather, Paul says that we should pray with thanksgiving. When we are crippled by fears and worries, it can be hard for us to be thankful. But if we are to know the peace of God, we must learn to be thankful. A thankless heart is one that is especially susceptible to anxiety. We must pray, must bring our petitions to God, bring our needs to Him. But we must do so with thanksgiving. And prayer assists us in our anxieties. For in prayer, we voice our concerns to God. We're not just talking to the air. But we are talking to God. We are bringing our concerns to the Sovereign One who reigns 
over all. We lay our needs at the feet of the one who alone is able to answer and deal with our needs. And, and when we pray, we are crucifying our sinful God complexes, thinking that we are the solution to all our problems. One of the great lies that encourages anxiety is, is the lie that we are in control. A person who, who, who is struggling with anxiety is often a person who, who, who struggles with this idea of control. They think they have to have their, their hands in everything. They think that they, they have control over all the minutia of their life. A prayer It's an instrument that reminds us that we are ultimately not in control. We need to pray for for something as basic as our daily bread. Peter says in 1 Peter 5, verse 6 through 7, he calls us, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. We must humble ourselves in our prayers, killing that pride. Acknowledge that we are under the mighty hand of God and that God will care for us. Must cast all our cares upon Him because He will care for you. So if you struggle with anxiety, acknowledge that. Acknowledge in your prayers that you are under that mighty hand of God. Acknowledge that you are not God, that you have no ultimate control over anything. Submit yourself to God. Cast your cares upon him. For in prayer we are reminded that God is sovereign. And so seek the peace of God from that truth. That God is a sovereign God who cares for your deepest needs and your smallest needs. Seek the peace of God with thanksgiving. And thanksgiving will lead to contentment. I'm convinced that one of the reasons so many people are anxious today is because they are profoundly discontent. They have so many wants and needs. People are not thankful. They keep wanting more. Rather than being thankful in prayer for what God gives we ask for more and more. Rather than rejoicing in the small things of this life, we yearn for the next best thing. Our eyes are, are constantly on the future, constantly desiring what is better, what is higher. But our eyes are very rarely on the present, rejoicing in, in those small things that God gives us. And this produces much anxiety. But but see the cruelness, the ugliness of anxiety. 
God has given us so much. We have so much to be thankful for. But anxiety kills that ability to enjoy the good things. Discontentment kills the ability to enjoy the good things because we're constantly looking at the future. We're constantly wanting more. And so we're never content. We rob ourselves of enjoying these good gifts when we are anxious. And that is the ugliness of anxiety. God has blessed us. But we will not let ourselves enjoy that blessing. While we have food before us, we worry about our pantries being empty in a month. While we have a job now, which God has graciously given us, we worry that God will take that job away and leave us destitute. Much anxiety can come from a mind that forgets the character of God, that forgets that God is our our loving, heavenly Father. We think God often to be a miser, We think God is like Scrooge in in Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. We think he wants us to be miserable. In so doing, we forget those beautiful opening words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. God is our Father. As a Father, he will not withhold good things from those who ask for them. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He will not withhold a pound of ground beef from his children. He will care for them. And he loves to care for his children. Paul had learned to be content and thankful. That delivered him from much Anxiety. Paul says in, in Philippians 4, verse 12 through 13, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul here is not saying that, that he can do, do anything imaginable. Through Christ who strengthens him. This was not Paul's bodybuilding mantra. It was not his life slogan. Paul was saying that he could endure whatever circumstance God put him in. He could go through hunger and at times of abundance. Through Christ who strengthened him. Paul learned that trust in Christ was the cure to his his anxiety. He had learned the peace of God. He had learned to be thankful and content. If you would have relief from anxiety, seek the peace of God in prayer. Acknowledge the good gifts that God gives you. Acknowledge that you have a wonderful, loving, heavenly Father who has blessed you abundantly. If you are anxious, seek the Lord in prayer. 
This is a blessed help to the anxious Christian. Finally, seek the peace of God by meditating. Paul says in Philippians 4, verses 8 through 9, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. If you struggle with anxiety, you must meditate on good things. Anxiety speaks many lies into your life. It tempts you to believe that you are in control of everything. It tempts you to believe that you control your life and your body. It tempts you to believe that your Heavenly Father does not care for you. And many a Christian is hampered in their faith by these lies. But we must think on those things which are true. We must remember the promises of Scripture. We must remember that our Father is in heaven. And He provides for us. If you are struggling with anxiety, think upon good things can be helpful to, to think upon those lies that you believe. To, to take special note of, of the lies that Satan tempts you with. To write them down. But beside those lies, write down the truths of Scripture. Write down the promises of God. So that when you are anxious, you do not believe those lies but you focus your mind upon what God's word actually says. Remind yourselves of those truths of Scripture. And as you think upon good things, be sure you also put your minds away from those thoughts that bear false witness. Put our, from our mouths those words that bear false witness. An anxious person often, not always, but often can struggle with gossip. Fear and concern encourage us to, to spread rumors to other people. Instead of dwelling on anxious thoughts, meditate on who God is, what His attributes are, and what He has done for you. Certainly share concerns you have with those who will truly help and encourage you, who will pray for you and stir you up to good works. But above all, be sure to take your concerns and your fears to God, who alone is able to deal with them. Think on good things. We can fill our minds with so much pollution that is, that is neither helpful or conducive to our anxiety. We're constantly being fed by the worldview of the unbelieving world. News reports of famines, sicknesses, murders, and violence can breed a, a crippling anxiety. Conspiracy theories 
while interesting to study, can put undue fear into our hearts. As you battle with anxiety, try to limit your exposure to these things. Instead, fill your mind with the things of Christ. Think on the things that Christ has done for you. Fill your minds with Scripture, memorizing Scripture, singing psalms throughout the day. Instead of listening to the news channel on the way to work or shopping, listen to a podcast talking about Scripture. If you are to know the peace of God, if you are to experience the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, you must think upon the person of God. He is the God of truth. He is the noble King. He is a just Savior. He is pure in His holiness. He is altogether lovely. He is of good report. We must think upon the character of our gods. Psalm 1 says that that man is blessed who meditates on God's word day and night. And this blessedness is compared to a tree that is planted by the stream. It grows strong. Its leaves are green and beautiful. It bears abundant fruit. But we can imagine the opposite of such a tree. A tree in a desert wasteland It's all dried and shriveled up. Such is the person who does not meditate on God's word day and night. person who lets the world solely feed him will be beaten by the relentless wind of fear and worry. Anxiety will poison it. You will not receive the life-giving words of God, but you will be sapped of your strength by an anxious and fearful world. Friends, if you struggle with anxiety, meditate on God's word day and night. Feed yourself on God's word. Let the rich pastures, the green pastures of God's word feed and nourish you. Let it be God's life-giving waters that satisfy your thirst. The cure to anxiety is, is not just to blindly follow a certain number of steps and procedures. I don't want you to get that impression from the sermon at all. You must be fed by someone other than yourself. As you rejoice, as you pray, as you meditate, you must put your faith in Christ. For Christ alone will give you peace. The cure to anxiety is not to do this or that. The cure to anxiety is found in knowing the person and work of Jesus Christ. You could stir up in your heart all sorts of emotions of, of happiness. 
But if you do not know Christ, you'll never know the peace of God. You could say thousands and thousands of prayers all day long. But if you do not know Christ, you'll never know freedom from anxiety. You can meditate on on good things all day long. Constantly thinking about happy thoughts, joyful thoughts. But if you do not have faith in Christ, you will never know the peace that surpasses all understanding. An unbeliever will never know true peace. What blessedness we have. What blessedness comes from the one who is peace and who imparts peace. The only way that you will have freedom from anxiety is by the God of peace being with you. Thanks be to God that He dwells with us, that He never leaves us nor forsake us, forsakes us, that the God of peace dwells with us no matter what we're going through. We can face any circumstance knowing that. If you desire freedom from anxiety, if you desire peace in this life, run Lord Jesus Christ who came to the world bringing peace. For the Christian rejoicing in the Lord praying to Him meditating on Him are the sanctifying helps for anxiety. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says you will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. Keep your mind on God who keeps you in perfect peace. Throw off the burden of anxiety and know the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, Lord, we thank you that you our loving Heavenly Father, who delights to give us good things. Lord, we confess that we live in a world in which there are many anxieties, any, many reasons to be fearful and worried. But Lord, we give you thanks that you have granted us that cure. We give you thanks that the Prince of Peace has come and that we can rejoice in him, that we can pray to him when we are anxious and fearful, that we can know the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Lord, help us Deliver us from this burden of anxiety which so often plagues our hearts. Free us from this, Lord. Help us ever to to rejoice in you, knowing who you are and what you have done for us. Lord, ever give us thankful and content hearts.
We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's respond to the preaching of the word by turning our psalm books and singing Psalm 46, the sea selection. Psalm 46, the psalmist speaks of being surrounded by by all sorts of, of dangerous things. On the one hand, he talks about these mountains being removed and being thrown into the midst of the seas. On the other, he talks about the, the enemies of the Lord battling against him. But what a comfort it is that we know the God of Jacob and the Lord of armies. It's because... We have our hope in the God of Jacob and the Lord of armies that we can be immovable in the day of anxiety. Let's stand and sing Psalm 46, see, knowing that our hope is in the Lord. <clears throat> 